Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. To stand in the presence of God and we raise our hands, like Matt and Nick were talking about. It's, God, I don't have everything I need, but you're enough. God wants to be your sufficiency. He wants to be that abundance in your world. That joy, that peace, that strength. I love what it says in Matthew. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love it that God wants to bring us to a place of rest. Not striving. Not struggling. Not having to fight our own way out of our own battles, but we can rest in Him. It says in Isaiah, it says, Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will not faint. And I feel like there's going to be an injection of peace that comes to your soul today as you wait on Him. Like Matt was saying, it doesn't make sense in the natural. It doesn't make sense to our humanity. Like like giving or like trusting. If I give of that, I have less in my world because there's no. You've entered into my economy. You've entered into my realm. My realm's the supernatural realm. My realm's the spirit realm. You can live in your humanity or you can step through by faith into another dimension of living. It says the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. I'm telling you, I want to live an abundant life, touched of heaven, filled with the Spirit. Lord, we just wait on you this morning, just just for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. We've worshipped, we've prayed, we've given. But God, we wait on you. Pour out upon your people this morning, Lord God. Meet every need, heal every hurt, touch every life, I pray this morning, Lord God. My message title today is All In. Everybody say All In. All In. And and I love it because that was just what Matt was referencing about giving God our all. And again, not just talking about finances, but giving God of ourself, of who we are. And and the amazing thing is when you think about it, in, in Genesis 1 it said, let us make man in our image. It says, in the image of God, he made them male and female. He made them. He created them. That you've been made in the image of God. So the way you glorify God the most is to fully live. Fully live the life that you've been gifted. And and I want to encourage you to have that thought in mind this week. Am I truly living? Am I fully living? Am I expressing the nature that I've been created in to its fullest potential? Amen? Amen. And uh, so that's... That's the title today, All In. And, and I feel like I've got to shift gears because I feel like we're a little slower this morning. We're going, we're going but we're, and I, I get a little bit of ants in the pants and I need to go. But I, part of my week was uh, catching up with Russell, which was absolutely fantastic. So I don't know if, if everybody knows Russell Driscoll, but he's a great man with a great family. And we got a few hours together uh, and we're having a good conversation. And Russell just said, uh, Christian, let me know what you're about. Tell me about the church. Tell me about the vision of the church. Tell me what, what does the future of the church look like? And I thought, that's really cool that A, he's interested, B, 
that I, I was reminded to express again who we are as the church, yeah. uh, why we've been placed on this planet, why we're here in Noosa, why we do what we do. And this isn't extensive or deep, but I just thought, what, what's our mission? And our mission is to glorify God and make his name famous. That's our mission. If, if we glorify God, if we make his name famous, if people uh, in our sphere of influence know the name Jesus, uh, then we're doing the job we're meant to do. There's an outworking of that, but essentially and broken down to its core, our mission is to glorify God and make his name famous. And the way we do that is through you. Yeah. It's not about organisational religion. It's not about a structure. It's not about a building with a name over a door. We are the church. You are the church. You are Christ's ambassadors. You are representatives of the king. So the way we make his name famous is through you fully living, coming fully alive in Christ. The way we come fully alive in Christ, I'm going to tell you after. But I love what it says uh, in, in Ephesians 4.1. It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Each and every one of us has a calling on our life to reflect the glory of, of God in the earth. Our, our, we're not meant to carry weight, pressure, anxiety, stress, issue, any other thing. The only thing you've been created to carry is the glory of God. And I want to encourage you to, it says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. My yoke's easy, my burden's light. You might be a prisoner of, for Christ, but you're set free as a prisoner of Christ. There is freedom in, in shackling yourself to the king. Amen? Amen. Secondly, is, is our vision. What's our vision as a church? And as a church, I mean as a group of like-minded individuals carrying a common spirit and a common heart, is we want to save the lost. We want to make disciples and we want to empower saints. I want to encourage you. You are a soul-winning machine. You, 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 there, there is seeds of faith that have been deposited into your soul where God wants to use you in your unique state and, and through your unique nature that you've been created to win others to Christ. You will win people to Christ that I never will. And you will win people to Christ in the streets and, and in cabs and Uber riders or whatever. It is. Not, not necessarily on a platform, but that's, that's our mission. Our vision is to see lost people wonder Christ. The Bible says that God's will is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. So if you go, what is my life's purpose? What is the mission is to go and see somebody else in relationship with Jesus? through your life, as you shine bright in your community doing what you do, do it and do it well and do it passionately and do it enthusiastically and do it on fire, do it excited because God has placed that. And, and what is the value of a soul? Because if God would send his son, his one and only son, for one person, how, what is the value of a soul? It exceeds my dreams and my visions for a house or a car or a boat or a trip or a whatever it might be. The value of a soul. We can invest into the future of our of humanity by winning souls to Christ. Save the lost, make the disciples, empower the saints. And again, it's done through each of us. It's not there were people, some people that will never step foot in this church. There are some people that will never come to a building, but they'll accept Jesus because they accept you. Let your nature shine bright. Be, be that salt and light that God has called you to be. Amen? Amen? So how do we do it? With every part playing its part. I want to see you in your sweet spot. I want to see passions rising. I want to see you finding your place in Christ and the church. So that you're, you're in, and knowing that we're backing you. 
knowing that when you're doing what you do, but that's not what we do, we're still championing you. We're running alongside you. We're high-fiving. We're celebrating when there's cause to celebrate. And I love what it says in Ephesians 4, 6. It says, from, the hope, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the body, the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There's another version that says, when every part plays its part, the body grows. When we all do what we do, what we've been called to do, large, small, seemingly insignificant, seemingly significant, when we play our part, and it may be in raising your kids, it may be in setting a, a faithful environment at work or at uni or whatever, when we play our part, the body grows, God is glorified, and he gets all the honour. Amen? All right. So... I'm going to pray for some people at the end of service because I felt like I should do that. Um, there's somebody here I feel like you've got pain in your side that God's going to heal you of, and I don't know if it's a, a kidney thing, a digestive thing, a strain, whatever. Somebody that is just can't sleep. It's like insomnia, someone with pain in the soles of their feet, uh, somebody that's got a pinched nerve or, in, or whatever in their neck. And I, just, I feel like God wants to touch people today and heal them. Amen? All right, so the title is All In. And I love all of it, but I saw that, that oh, no, there was another one. I, I saw the thing, and it could be all aboard, but it's not there, so that's fine. Um, all in. Everybody say all in. All, all in. in. All in. See that? All in, but then it's like all aboard. But <laughs> let's get all in for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agitate a little bit this morning, but I think, I think sometimes we need, like Melissa saying, that, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Like Matt and Nick were saying, the way of the righteous winds upwards. God wants your life to wind upwards, to get better and better. This isn't as good as it gets. Tomorrow is going to be better than today. You, you can have a bigger vision for tomorrow than you have for today. You can, you, you can achieve more and do more and be more in God, and you don't even have to strive for it. He wants to bring it to you. So I simply want to um, talk about my story of all in, my journey of all in. Uh, which has been unfolding essentially for the last 28 years, well, 45, but 28 years. So I'm going to read two scriptures, tell some stories, and then get off as quick as I can. Is that all right? I thought I would get a bigger cheer, but anyway. In Matthew 4, starting in verse 18, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they were fishing, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them and said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. They left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come to. They immediately, that's, that's important, immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. And Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness, and news spread about him as far as Syria. People soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease, uh, or if they were demon-possessed, epileptic, or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. I like this story. This, this is awesome. This is Jesus is walking along and he's just calling people to him. And it says they were fishing because that's what they did. We all do something. But you're not what you do. Because he says, 
You, you fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. I've got a greater purpose for your life than you currently know. Just come with me. Just come follow me. And, and what's interesting is that immediately, it, this was their source of income. This was their livelihood. This was their identity. This was who they were. I feel like God is calling us in, in a new day, in a new season, to again follow him. To, and to follow him closely, to watch what he does, the example that he sets, so that, so that we can then experience. It says, and then he went about doing all his miracles, deliverance, raising the dead, setting people free, and they were a part of it. I, I feel like God is calling us into the greatest adventure we could ever experience. But to be a part of that adventure, it takes all in. It takes, God, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm down with that. I'll do it. Whatever you, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. I'm all in. I give you all of myself. And then in Matthew 6, 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And that's a whole lot of scripture. And I'll, I'll kind of... Not only are we called to adventure with God, we're told not to worry about anything along the way. The only thing we're to do is to focus on God and his kingdom. So I want you to walk with me. I want to do life with you. It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be wild. It's going to be you seeing things you've never seen before. And as you let go of old things and old ways and get all in, don't worry. I know you don't understand yet. I, may, I know you may not see the way yet. I know things may not make sense in the natural just don't worry. I felt like a word for somebody here today is don't worry. You worry too much. You worry about everything. You worry about the past. You worry about the present. You worry about the future. You worry about finances. You worry about it. Stop worrying. The Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. You Don't worry. So whoever it is this morning that's worrying, stop. Just stop. But, but, but if I wasn't worrying, well, I'd probably start worrying about not worrying because there's probably something I should worry about, right? That's faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. In, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Do you know God wants to be acknowledged in the storm and in the trial and in the struggle? Paul and Silas were in the prison at midnight, the deepest, darkest part of the prison. They started praising, and it was their praise that reached heaven and the shackles fell from their body and the, and the prison doors flew open. 
we, we don't get through life through worrying. We get through life through praising and going to God and worshipping Him. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. I, I would said 28 years, this has been a journey of, of, of faith and adventuring and all in. But really, I, I, I was raised religious. And it's a little yeah. mum and dad are here this morning, but thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and when I say religious, I mean religious. And But it set us a foundation for the life we now live. And I'm one of seven kids, for those that don't know. Second eldest, first boy. And when I say religious, I mean religious. I, I remember Friday nights. Friday nights were either fish and chips at Avalon or we had a long winding driveway. Stand up for a second, Dad. So this is my dad, Bill. Great man, my hero. Friday nights, you knew what was happening on Friday night when Dad would walk down the driveway with a statue of Mary that was nearly his size, life-size, and under a pillow slip. And all the kids said, it's not fish and chips tonight. So we knew he was saying the rosary, and uh, which was amazing. It was awesome. Does anybody? Um, anyway. And, uh, but I was born Christian, raised Catholic. So from day one, and, and so I was, I was baptised, christened, and I was confirmed. So most people call me Chichi. I'm happy for you to call me Chichi. If you want to call me by my Catholic name, it's Christian Francis Jared Thomas McCudden, uh, and I will respond. I, it might take me a little bit, but I will respond. And I was an altar boy. So I look really good in a dress. Like I, I, I've been told I've got good legs for a lady and I look good in a dress. But I would swing the incense, I carried the cross, I lit the candles, I threw berries over the priest's head, not, not realising that mum could see. Um, she dragged me off stage after the service. But anyway, um, through all of this, I only knew about Jesus. And I actually really liked Jesus. I like the stories. I like what he did. I like who he was. I like what he represented. But I never knew I could know him. I, I didn't know that I could know this guy that I liked. I just thought I could know about him. And then in 1993, on a Sunday night in August of 1993, the whole family, all nine of us, and this is like a preacher's dream, nine people turning up to service and, and all of their hands going up at once. And we didn't conspire. We didn't plan it. But an altar call was given at C3 Brookvale, and instantly all nine hands, they just went up. I'm like, I see that. We've got revival in the church. Anyway, but in, on that night, I encountered God for real. I, I encountered a God who loved me. I, I encountered this Jesus who I knew about and who I liked, but, and now I realized I could know him. And it was literally, at that moment, it was just all in. It was like, if, if, this is, if this is the start of something and, and there's an adventure to be had, I want to have this adventure. And literally, I think it was one week we got saved, next week went to youth, six months later we were in youth ministry, uh, and from youth ministry we ended up running the youth ministry with, with Jürgen and Leanne. Uh, we've been on staff in the church for 13 years, run, been part of men's ministry, taught at Bible college, done missions, trips, weddings, funerals. It's been 28 years of continuing to outwork what God started in a moment of decision to go all in. And the amazing thing was, in that moment, my altar call counsellor said, I don't know why, but I see like friends are everything to you, but you need to leave all your old friends behind. They're going to hold you back. You need to start afresh. You need to go all in for God. I went, okay, if that's what I've got to do, that's what I do. And, and made that decision and our life friends and life partners, that, that it all came together. 
I know that God wants us to be all in on the journey. Not half in and not half in, not half committed. And he, God wants you all in, but he wants you all in so he can bless all of what you give to him. He wants to bless the entirety of your life. So I want to encourage us this morning, don't hold back from God. Don't, because God's not holding back from you. God's not withdrawing. God's not limiting what he wants to pour to your life. And, and I love what it says in, in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. And it's easy to skip over this, but that's an amazing thing that God thinks about you individually, as you are, where you are. God's not interested in us corporately. He's interested in us individually. Every single one. God is taken by you. God delights in you. You are the apple of his eye. Your life matters. Your life holds worth. You are precious. He knows knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You'll call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. When you seek me, you will find me. When you seek for me with all of your heart. How do the plans of God outwork themselves in our lives? When we seek him with all of our heart, when we're all in, when we're hand to the plow, let's go, let's move forward. I'm going to push back on darkness. God, whatever you call me to do, I'm in, I'm all in. Amen? Very good, Christian. Really good. Amazing. Fantastic. How do we do an all-in life? How do we how do we do it? How do you do life all in? Because it's like it's big, right? It's it's a big life. Life is big and there's there's stretching moments and there's seasons where it's like, God, how the heck can I do that? You're calling me to run a business without any any debt. And now you want me to step out and do it. How do I do this? How do I do it through a GFC storm? How do I do it through a COVID storm? How do, how do I do it? First thing is connect with Jesus. Just connect with Jesus. Radically connect with Jesus daily, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Connect with Jesus. Find your point of connection with Christ. John 15 says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Abide in me and I and you and you'll bear much fruit. A connected life, an all-in life, is a life that bears fruit. God wants your life to bear fruit. God wants you to be fruitful in and out of season. You know what does it say? Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the wicked or sits in the way of sinners or stands in the way of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in season. Whatever he does shall prosper. You can prosper in life. You can succeed in life. You can be fruitful. It's okay. That's what God desires for your life. A big, blessed, enriched life full of his goodness. And I know I said it the other day, but we've we've got a car that now has a proximity key. I've never had a car like that before. It poses a little bit of a problem when I go surfing because I can't hide my key up in the the wheel arch anymore because you can just go and open it. but it's a proximity key. And, and when I get close to the car, all I have to do is reach out and touch the handle and the door opens. I don't have to be bit. I don't have to put a key in and turn it. I can just reach out. The way we connect with Christ is just reach out. Just reach out. He's, he's not locked off. He's not withdrawn. He's not withholding. Just reach out. And I want to encourage you today, again, reach out. Just for, he's, the word says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Just reach out. 
So often we go through a tough time or a, or a strained time and we, we withdraw and we wither and we, we stop reaching out. I think through the woman with an issue of blood that said, if I can just get to the edge of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. I know I'll get my miracle. Release will come. Life will flow to me. And on her hands and knees, in the dirt, rocks, dust, rubble, she crawled on her hands and knees, desperate to connect with Jesus. How desperate are we, church, to connect with Jesus? Because I'm telling you, the church is the answer for humanity. But I want to know how, how much power are we wielding? How much life are we bringing? How much are we touching others? For How desperate are we to connect with him? Amen. Second thing is just dwell in his presence. Again, so connect with him daily, but dwell in his presence. Psalm 91 says, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I remember as a little boy going down to the beach with Dad and, and the sun setting, guys, just standing on the seashore. But I remember being there, but I could see Dad's shadow in front of me because the sun was setting behind me. I was, I was shadowed by Dad. The amazing thing was how much bigger the shadow was. God wants to shadow your life. God wants to bless you and favor you and carry you and protect you all the days of your life. He wants you to connect with him and then he wants to shadow your life so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard and says, not today. Not today. You don't touch him today. Not today. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There is nothing the enemy can do when we stay connected and shadowed of God. And I want you to, to, to get that picture. You, you never walk alone. God will never leave you nor forsake you. We can dwell in his presence. And the third thing is this, remain in him. One of the saddest things in life is to see people come in and out of Christ, come in and out of faith, come in and out of connection and go, you know what, I'm feeling strong now, so I'll do it on my own. I feel like I've got it all. We've never got it together, ever, none of us. We never have enough, but his grace is sufficient. You will never have enough to achieve what God created you to achieve on your own. We don't have enough in our relationships. We don't have enough in our finances. We don't have enough in our emotions. We don't have enough physically. We don't, but, but with him, we have everything we need. I remember the saying of Mother Teresa. She says, you won't, you won't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And, and I just, I want to encourage us here this morning, God is enough. Jesus is enough in your tough times, in your victories, in your crying by yourself when nobody else knows. God is not finished. He's working all things together for our good. And I say that to back right back around and say this, we've been called into mission. We've been called to see our world one to Christ and to do it worry-free, knowing that heaven is backing our actions, knowing that, that the angels of heaven stand behind us, going, come on, let's go. I'm cheering you on. I'm with you. Let's, I'm, I'll be the wind in your sails. I'll be the encouragement that you need. Let's do it. Church, it's time to rise. It's time to rise. Who can we invite to church? Who can we invite into our home for dinner? Who can we pray for? Who can we prophesy over? Who can we love on this week? What can we do to fully and totally represent Christ? in the earth today. Now, the Bible says in him we live and move and have our being. It's always all in. It's always in him. 2 Corinthians says if anybody is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has gone, the new is. It's a new day. I believe it's a brand new day and I declare that over us here this one. It's a new day. 
It is a new day for you. you. Forget the past. You can't change it anyway. Dream towards the future, but let's live in today. Let's fully live. Let's get excited, expectant, and full of joy. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.